Stuart Maywood and I am the lackadaisical liberal Kubrickist. Yes. Episode 602. We've done it. We're into the six, the sixes. Uh, will 666 be the last episode, both because I stopped recording and or because it is the sign of the apocalypse and the world ends? Mm, probably not either of those, but, uh, you know, who can say? All right, uh, uh, with this new format, uh, it's, of course, so far so good in terms of me just sending myself a bunch of emails for little little note tidbits. Uh, my first note here is rate T's as I have them. What would that mean? Okay, well, uh, I've done similar things to this before, but I don't know if I've ever really spoken of it on the podcast. Uh, I, I guess maybe I did when it came to pot... And allegedly with mushrooms, which is, I will start a list. A list. I love a list. I have so many lists going. Uh, uncountable lists, work-related lists, uh, non-work-related lists. I guess that's the two main categories. <coughs> uh, this list that I have created is called, uh, yeah, what have I called it? T-list. Okay, well, yeah, that's accurate. Uh, so on uh, Amazon, I should specify .ca, although I bet you could get it on the old .com as well. Uh, I've purchased a uh, Vadam Tea Variety Pack. V-A-H-D-A-M. Not Van Dam Tea Variety Pack. They were sold out of those. Uh, uh, it's got 15 flavors, award-winning tea sampler. Oh, my. Um... Because the missus and I have been more oft, uh, more often, I was going to say more often than not, but that doesn't make sense, more than we used to, uh, been having tea time, uh, maybe on a Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, have a cup of tea while we, uh, while we chill in bed. It's a, it's a nice thing to do. You know what? On the advice of Mr. Uh, you know what? I'll just go ahead and say it. Fellow podcaster, I'm sure. Uh, Jason Manzukas, big into teas. So uh, I thought we'd just been having some, uh, you know, some Earl Grey's. Uh, what was the other one that we, we got an Earl Grey vanilla, which is pretty good. Um, so I thought, you know what, why don't we expand and try some different things? So I got this and uh, the game plan, which so far we're two down, um, 13 to go, if my math is correct, uh, is where uh, uh, every time one of us has one of these, the other one takes at least a sip. And then we rate them, and then at the end of these 15 teas, we figure out which ones we like the most, and, uh, you know, buy some of those teas. Hey, it's not rocket science. It is tea science, I suppose. Um, although we don't really have a control. What would the control be? Just a cup of water, I guess. A cup of hot water? Yeah, maybe. Uh, so far, we have had uh, Assam Exotic. A-S-S-A-M. <laughs> That's a funny name because it's got the word ass in it. Um, uh, the missus gave that a rating of 4 and I gave that a rating of 3.3. And then uh, yesterday I uh, we had turmeric spiced. Uh, I've put in brackets here in my notes just so you know what kind of person I am. No milk and a little sugar. Uh, also, I've marked here that it's decaf. Uh, the missus gave that a 3.25. I gave it a 3.7. 
Uh, yeah, so that's where we're at so far. The turmeric one was not, you know, when I, when I think, oh, I'm going to have a cup of tea. It, it didn't necessarily <clears throat> uh, taste like that. Uh, I think I spoken of the job that I had, or I guess technically still have. Um, and I did try some turmeric tea there. It's supposed to be good for inflammation. So when I had, uh, like back, st bad back stuff, uh, uh, it was recommended that I try that. Who rec I think it was just the missus who recommended. Um, but you know, I, I, I've heard it has those properties, anti-inflammatory properties. So, you know, and it actually doesn't taste that bad. Turmeric tea doesn't sound like it would be good necessarily. Um, but you know, not too bad. So, uh, that's my recommendation to you, not necessarily teas, just find a thing where there's a lot of different varieties that you want to try, make a list. And at the end of the list, whatever's the highest, you know, you know, you enjoy that one. Uh, scientifically you have proven your level of enjoyment and then you can uh, move forward from there. Hey, why not? Right. Uh, moving on to, Oh, a television program. Yes. Uh, forget how I found out about this. Oh, you know what it is? Uh, Crave. Yeah. So up here in Canada, we have something called Crave, which is, you know, one of your streaming services. Um, it is, I don't, I don't know if they have it in the U S actually, but uh, in Canada, it's like, I'd say it's like, I was going to say on par with like Netflix and uh, in terms of movies, maybe not for TV, definitely. Uh, in fact, it might surpass in some ways because they have, a, I guess, a deal with like HBO. So you get some HBO shows, you get some, uh, a lot of different networks involved with Crave. Uh, they do have some original programming. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I would hazard to guess is Letter Kenny. Oh, speaking of Canadians. Yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, I've spoken of it before. It's definitely sort of a, uh, trailer park boys vibe, uh, in that it's a, you know, a, a small town, uh, Canadian television program. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, I, I guess when you boil the two things down, uh, one taking bars, park, <laughs> part, one taking part, taking place rather. Wow. That was an interesting brain thing that happened there. You know, what's interesting just on that note of interesting brain things, you know, what's interesting, <laughs> interesting things. Uh, I have this thing where at my new job, which I think we'll probably talk a little bit about, uh, uh later in the episode. So look forward to that, I suppose. Sure. Um, they, uh, uh, they use the word deficiency a lot. Um, just in terms of like, uh, the workflow and, uh, you know, does this have any deficiencies that need to be corrected? Uh, it, it's sort of very much part of the parlance of the job. Uh, but for some reason, uh, and this happened, you know, immediately, which I think fucked me, um, is I had, I, I've sort of replaced the word deficiency with the word discrepancy. So 99% of the time when I mean to say deficiency, I've been saying discrepancy. Um, uh, and, and now I've reached the point where I think I'm getting better at it. However, I literally have to stop. Like if I'm t saying, uh, I'll give an example. So uh, I was just checking to see if there was any deficiencies, like legit that slow is how much I have to stop and think of which word I want to say. I had a similar thing with, uh, which I think I've mostly corrected as well. Uh, 
paved and plowed. When uh, whenever I would like say anything about uh, them plowing the snow in the streets, I would always say paved instead of plowed. And it took me like I feel like it took me years. And it was a similar thing where when I was about to say the word, I'd have to like literally stop my brain. Hold on a second. What word do you want to say? You know what word do you want to say? Um, and then say the correct word. Freaking bizarre, right? Uh, what else is bizarre is the show a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, I grew up in a uh, Canadian small town. Um, farming community f a little bit. Like, uh, uh, for example, even now when I drive to work or when I did drive to work, uh, pass through just farms with, you know, your cows, your horses and, you know, farms, you know, hey, hey, uh, so, you know, uh, it, things that happen in this show are reminiscent of things I've seen. This is a little bit smaller town, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I see similarities. I definitely see similarities. This is uh, amped up for the purposes of comedy. And on that note, fucking hilarious. My only complaint ever of Letterkenny uh, is there's not enough of them. Like, uh, I think it was only, well, let me double check. I think it was only six episodes. <sighs> yeah, six episodes. Season uh, 10, which is fine. It's got that sort of a British, excuse me, uh, I don't know, theory of, uh, seemingly, a uh, theory of, uh, you know, get in there, do a bunch of funny stuff, get out quick. You know, you don't got to be in there for 26 episodes. Uh, you know, don't burn yourself out. Uh, condense the funny. Uh, they do a, that just sort of reminds me, I think it was the first few minutes of the first episode. Quite often they start shows in a certain way, and if you've seen the show, you know what I mean, where they're just sort of going back and forth with these sort of inter interconnected short uh, 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 jokes. Uh, and it must have gone on for like, <laughs> it felt like 10 minutes, so like half of the episode. But uh, it, it's something I like of this show is that they're not afraid to try new things. Uh, they're not afraid to let a joke uh, really percolate. <laughs> and uh, uh, very much so, the, the, the comedic timing is... Uh, unlike a lot of uh, other things, which I think is maybe one of the reasons it appeals to me, um, they also have a lot of good music in it. Uh, they must have a, a, a significant music budget and or they like uh, uh, seek out new people. Uh, uh, new new music people, whatever you call that, I don't know, uh, and sort of get them involved. Uh, also, man, the women on the show, beautiful. Uh, whoever is casting that uh, aspect of the show seemingly uh, has a type, let's say. Uh, and I guess rating-wise, easy 5 out of 5. Uh, I would definitely, uh, if you've never seen an episode of Letterkenny, try it out. Let me know what you think. Moving on to... Oh yeah, Alan Partridge. Another television show, although this is a, a television show that is a... 44 minutes? Yeah, I guess that's a TV special, I guess it would be. So, Alan leaves behind... If you're not familiar with Alan Partridge, this will be the classic pity envy situation where I pity you because you've never heard of Alan Partridge but then I envy you because now you can go into a, a incredibly deep dive into the man the myth the legend that is Alan Partridge and experience the dozens if not many dozens 
of hours of entertainment of incredible uh, British comedy. Um, the top of the top, tip of the top, even. So, you know, there's that. Uh, so this was a, a special. Alan leaves behind his comfortable existence and heads north to ask whether in this once united kingdom a schasm has formed between north and south. A schasm, of course, is what he has uh, coined uh, combination schism and chasm. A schasm, if you will. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen uh, any Alan Partridge stuff in a bit and oddly enough it keeps popping up in places uh which i'm uh, been delighted about uh this is from 2016 now my only knock against this and i think i'll give it a f i'll probably give it a four-ish uh whereas normally i feel like every alan partridge thing i've ever watched i'd give it a five um just because i uh, i think it would help if you knew or lived in uh, uh, the United Kingdom and knew about the differences between North and South because I feel like there must have been jokes that I'm just not quite getting because I don't know of the the the, the, the background, if you will. Um, so, you know, despite that, it was funny. And despite that, you still got uh, Alan Partridge, delightful. Jeez, what is he? I'm trying to think if you've never seen him before. He's got some George Costanza, I feel like. Um, he's got sort of a, a cocky arrogance, uh, unfounded arrogance, I feel like, is, is definitely a term you can use with Alan Partridge. A delightfully humorous, unfounded arrogance. Ooh, delightfully unfounded. Oh, what was that? I was trying to think of if I could make an anagram. Delightfully unfounded arrogance. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely recommend Alan Partridge Scissored Isles, which I guess is a real place. Is that where scissors come from? Who's to say? Uh, moving on to a film from 1974. Oh, must be uh, some sort of a, a delightful uh, piece of uh, film nostalgia from the, uh, uh, the, the mid-70s, right? Yes, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jesus, who will survive and what will be left of them? It says on the poster, apparently. Interesting. Uh, five friends, just to see what the IMDA says, in, in case you somehow don't know what this movie is about, although the title kind of gives it away. Uh, five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. Just a grandfather. Uh, on their way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within. Something armed with a chainsaw. That is a fucking good IMDb description there, whoever wrote that. Something armed with a chainsaw. Uh, yeah, so this movie is fucked up, if you haven't seen it. They did do a remake with uh, Jessica Biel, which I think was almost a shot-for-shot -shot remake, if not a shot-for-shot -shot remake. Um, so I'm kind of interested to watch that and compare it to this. Uh, I, I, had, I have seen that one, and uh, I know I would have no uh, uh, difficulty talking the missus into watching it because I think it's one of her favorites. Uh, in fact, she was... Well, actually, I think I suggested this one, but she uh, readily agreed because she likes these sorts of movies for some reason. The weirdo. Um, definite sort of vibes that uh, uh, if you played 
Shit, well, Resident Evil... Was it six? Seven? No, what are we? Villages five, six, seven. So Villages seven, so it must be six. Sometimes I get the numbers wrong. Uh, the the sort of creepy farmhouse. Uh, the scene in particular at the uh, uh, dinner table here and the dinner table in that. Very reminiscent. Uh, um, yeah, you could definitely see the elements of this movie sort of uh, 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 taking place in other... Uh, uh, finding sort of tropes in this that sort of shaped horror movies for decades to come. Uh, and it's just uh, bloody and violent and uh, uh, gross. And, you know, <laughs> if that's the sort of thing that appeals to you, you weirdo, you know, enjoy it. Uh, Rating-wise, I go, go, go solid, you know, uh, four-ish. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a, a, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on to from 2021, Ghostbusters colon Afterlife. Oh, yes. The newest in the Ghostbuster franchise. First of all, it's pretty uh, shameful slash disappointing that they're uh, seemingly just sort of ignoring the, uh, uh, the, the previous Ghostbusters movie in terms of um, lore and it's just like it never happened, uh, which, you know, I thought it was a fine movie, which, you know, most people, those who didn't, uh, you know, those who are not uh, seeming women haters, uh, uh, thought, you know, it's a fine movie. It's a Ghostbusters movie. How bad can it be? Uh, this one I did enjoy more. I will admit, uh, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Paul Rudd. I, I don't think I've ever seen Paul Rudd in a movie where I haven't thoroughly enjoyed him. You've got a little kid called Podcast. Hey, come on now. Um, uh, who's the uh, Finn, Finn Wolfhard? Because, you know, that's a name. <laughs> He's good as well. I enjoy Stranger Things. Uh, McKenna Grace. Uh, yeah, she's good. Uh, has she been in other stuff? She looked a little familiar. Uh, okay, she was in I, Tiny... Oh, tr yeah, I, Tiny, I saw. I don't necessarily remember in that. Handmaid's Tale. Huh. Oh, yeah, she's, she's got quite a filmography for one so young, actually. The Haunting, Young Theo... Yeah, she's been quite in quite a few things. Wow. Hmm. Uh, born in 2006. Yeah, she was good. Um, one fun thing that happened fairly earlier on in this was uh, I watched a uh, Adam Savage uh, a video about how he made one of the props in this, the, uh, the death whistle, uh, and how he made a bunch of those. Uh, so I watched that whole process, like a, you know, hour-long YouTube video of him making making them and sort of delivering to, them to set. And then actually seeing um, them in the movie used a couple of times was, was sort of cool to see. Uh, uh, yeah, the story... I enjoy that there's sort of quite a few nods, including having... <clears throat> I'll give a bit of a spoiler, uh, but it, it happens, you know, fairly early on, uh, including having a, uh, ghost <laughs> of one of the, uh, uh, original cast there, uh, to help things out. You know, I, I enjoy that. Uh, you got your Stay Puft Marshmallows, uh, the whole fact that it's Gozer, 
the the actress who played Gozer <laughs> looked a lot like the original Gozer, which is uh, fun. Uh, including, uh, no, you know what? I won't spoil uh, everything. But uh, you know, you got your key master and uh, and stuff like that. It, it's it was a fun, delightful romp with lots of nods to the original. Uh, rating wise, I'd go like a four and change, definitely with some uh, fun, uh, probably mostly nostalgic five out of five moments. Um, set they set things up for further. Uh, uh, movies, of course, which is, you know, not too surprising. And I think it did well. <clears throat> so, you know, if we see more Ghostbusters movies, ain't going to complain. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, anything else about Ghostbusters? No, not really. Yeah, not really. Uh, moving on to my next notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a, a seemingly strange, at least from my perspective. <clears throat> A special request uh, viewing from the misses of Flight of the Navigator from 1986. Have you seen this one? In 1978, a boy travels eight years into the future and has an adventure with an intelligent, wisecracking alien ship. A ship voiced by Paul Rubens, apparently, which I did not remember. Oh yeah, we've got a young uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Howard Hessman, a.k.a. Johnny Fever in here. Uh, the, the kid, uh, played by Joey Kramer, who, uh, <laughs> we learned as we were looking things up about the movie, apparently robbed a bank later in life. So, you know, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I was just seeing if I could find that. Oh, a female reboot in the works as of September. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so this is a weird movie. It's a weird 80s movie. Uh, and it definitely has that sort of... Uh, I feel like E.T., uh, uh, e uh, e Mac and Me, this... I feel like you could roll all these kind of into the same feel of uh, kid plus alien movie. <laughs> Kids with aliens movie of the 80s that we had for some reason. Uh, yeah, uh, the ship itself is cool, and surprisingly, some of the special effects still are pretty interesting. It's got sort of a uh, metallic liquid vibe to it, which is interesting. Inside looks kind of uh, 80s, actually. But uh, whoever, you know, did the set design on the inside of the ship, uh, I bet you had a fun time. It's definitely interesting to look at. It, that, that's sort of like... Um, everything's chrome and stainless steel uh, that, that sort of look to it uh we've got some puppets which felt uh i wonder if they were henson they were very henson-esque the puppets um yeah the story we've got evil nasa <laughs> which is nice uh rating wise i think i'll just go i did see it you know probably back in i don't know could have been 86 87 and remembered bits and pieces. Um, but I, I don't think it's a movie I ever really need to see again. So I'd probably go three with some, you know, fun four moments and some boring two moments. Yeah. So there you go for Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Somehow, some way, the missus really wanted to watch Flight of the Navigator and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. <laughs> and that's why I love her. Uh, moving on to podcast listening again. Uh, yes. Speaking of jobs and new jobs, I got a new job. 
so I still have the old one, which uh, I spoke of briefly where I'm the uh, shop coordinator. Uh, however, that place, you know, with your COVID and such, uh, is down to three open. It's only open three days a week. Combined with the fact that some of the government funding that was allowing the owner to, uh, you know, keep me, uh, keep me on and, uh, pay for, you know, basically my salary, which was higher than, you know, uh, I'm not minimum wage, uh, because I was doing more than just, you know, shop stuff, uh, that has sort of disappeared as well. So will I go back? Who's to say the possibility exists, but it also possibly exists that I will not. So, uh, uh, you know, a shame, but also uh, not after working there a month, uh, not unexpected. Yeah. Like I could see which way the wind was blowing or, or, or sense which way the wind was blowing. And, uh, you know, when you start a job that says you're going to have 30 hours a week and then you uh, immediately are at 20 and then you're at 10 and then you're at three. Uh, you could kind of tell <laughs> that uh, maybe things are not going to be as promised, let's say. Uh, so I uh, had to find new work and did so actually through the missus at her work. What? Yeah, uh, I've done some uh, uh, the odd job for the missus's work, which I'm going to, you know, be vague about because, you know, that's her business, literally. Uh, uh, I've done some, uh, uh, freelance work, I guess you could say is mostly just, uh, uh, kind of, uh, I did some video editing. What else did I do? Anyways. Um, but now I'm working there three to four days a week, uh, doing stuff similar to what I was doing at my old job. Uh, it, it's just, uh, on a, I guess you would say a smaller scale just in terms of numbers because, uh, uh, at my old job, it was, you know, a, a giant international corporation. And this is not, this is, this is a smaller place. Um, not meaning that they need less in terms of, uh, the sort of skills that I have to offer. It's just, it's, uh, I, I feel like I've felt the pressure left pressure less. And I don't know if that's why, or just because I know them a little bit or because I'm a little more confident, uh, in my abilities. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, one interesting thing that has sort of come of it is, uh, so I'm like going into the office there once a week and then, uh, working from home the other days that I'm working a week. Um, and somehow, some way, uh, despite the fact that the missus and I are, you know, basically working together, which, you know, sounds like a potentially bad idea, uh, working with your significant other, that is, uh, we haven't, uh, fought once. Yeah. Like not even, uh, not even a little bit. So that's, uh, been interesting to see how well we've sort of got along and worked along, uh, alongside one another, because she has been for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, she has been my trainer. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been good to see that we can work together good. And maybe a little surprising just because you always have that sort of worry of, Oh boy, uh, working with my wife. Uh, geez, I don't know if that's a good idea, but, uh, so far so good. And, uh, I'm enjoying the work. I'm, uh, uh, I, I see a lot of potential in this place. Uh, for me to, you know, fit in and help out. And uh, I've got to, and I think will more in the future, got to use my uh, organizational skills, which uh, which I enjoy doing. Uh, okay, so moving on to my next... Oh yeah, I, the reason I was saying that 
<laughs> according to my note here, is a podcast listening again. Yes. Uh, so when I'm uh, working at home, I will have a podcast on in the background. Whereas, you know, when I was doing the shop coordinator thing, uh, because I was in a store, <laughs> wasn't really able to listen to podcasts. Uh, I suppose I could have played a podcast over the uh, in-store speakers, but I imagine the owner would have frowned on that. Although... Uh, she basically was never in the store. Uh, I saw her in the store once in the months that I worked there. So, you know, could have got away with it, I suppose. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, it, it's been a nice, that's, that's sort of one of the, the, the added benefits. The fact that I'm, uh, doing work again that allows me the freedom of, uh, having a podcast on the, in the background because, uh, and, you know, this is something I've sort of hinted at said before just that fact that because quite often life is a horrible piece of shit when you can uh, have something uh, humorous playing in the background of it life that is uh it uh, vastly improves it yeah that's my theory that's the theory i'm working on the 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 eternal search for shits and giggles uh continues and is improved by having a podcast on uh, definitely more often than not of the comedic variety. So, uh, it, it, it's nice to, I never stopped. It's just, uh, I, I spoke of it before, like I would probably, my, li my listening was cut to a quarter, if not less of what it was when I was working, uh, at my old job. Now it's still not up to that degree. Um, but, uh, it, it's much more so that I'm, I'm, I'm having fun and sort of reveling in that a little bit. So I thought I would mention it. Moving on to the next note, finish. Oh yeah. I finally finished my, uh, 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 the librarian Skyrim RP long play playthrough. Yes. So were you to go over to uh, YouTube and type in, um, what would find it for you? Skyrim. Well, you know what? What don't I just see? I'm pretty sure this will find it. If I type in Skyrim long play, long play is one word, uh, library. If I could spell librarian, there's no T in it. Librarian. Uh, <laughs> somehow I'm the second result. <coughs> Freak. Yeah, uh, anyways, I'm there. Uh, it would be the Librarian colon Skyrim RP Long Play Episode 1. Uh, I think I'm up to, well, again, why don't I just click on it? Uh, episode 9 uh, has dropped. Episode 10, from my perspective at least, will drop uh, tomorrow. And I've got, I think, 40 total. <laughs> so that's one a week. So, you know, that feels good. Uh, uh, it's not dissimilar to this podcast, although less now that I'm not so full ahead uh, in terms of recordings. Uh, that thought that, you know, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, there's going to be, you know, 30 plus episodes are going to drop of this podcast while I'm still, uh, while I'm dead. You know, why does that appeal to me? Why does that amuse me? I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me again. Uh, yeah, so I finished recording the final episode of that. The penultimate episode was like six hours long. Uh, so I, you know, just to give you an idea, if you're at all familiar with Skyrim, I did the main quest. That was, I think, done by the ninth episode, actually. I think the ninth episode is where I finished the main quest. Uh, then I did the Mage's Guilds. 
I did uh, Dragonborn. I did all the DLCs, uh, actually. Uh, I, I did basically every sort of main quest. Uh, uh, I did the Companions, Thieves' Guilds, Dark Brotherhood. Uh, like, you name it, I did it. There's definitely quests I didn't do, you know, things I missed. But for the most part, uh, I, I went to every single location on the map. I cleared... I don't know if I cleared them all, but I definitely went to all and cleared 90 some odd percent of them. And that was sort of the last episode. I sort of, uh, because my, uh, my, I'm RPing from the point of view of a librarian. He of course went left to right and just sort of cleared the map. So, uh, I worked my way, uh, from solitude all the way down to Riften. And then the last episode, I had a bunch of spots around Riften to uh, clear out. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, just just a lot of fun. Um, the only parts that were not fun was the fact that I um, was using mods, which made it, uh, it which definitely made it fun, uh, except for when they didn't work and broke the game. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like the amount of time uh, that I spent trying to get mods to work, trying to get the game to work, was not. Uh, not small, <laughs> like definitely quite a number of hours, the amount of crashes, uh, technical difficulties in general, <sighs> the silver lining that I have pulled from it is the fact that hopefully I've learned a lot of lessons for when I move on to, uh, other games, which I do plan to do. Let me just uh, talk about the final episode. So I had a, like not much of a game plan in terms of the final episode, but what I did was uh, in the final one, it was only a couple hours long. The final one, I uh, built a house, so that was the Hearthfire DLC. Uh, I got married, yep, uh, to Ella. She was with me for a lot of my adventure, uh, so you know I figured why not. Uh, I adopted a couple of kids, one from the orphanage, one this kid. Like every time I went through right white run, she like asked me to adopt her a couple of times, and I would just sort of avoid her. Uh, and in the area of town where she hung out, I would always sort of like uh, uh, sneakily uh, go through it or, or totally bypass it, just uh, you know looking out for her because I felt bad that I kept ignoring her request for adoption basically uh so you know i had that uh then i sort of ended the episode with my uh, my two little girls in bed while i read them a story because uh that's what i did throughout the the game which if you didn't watch i would uh, uh periodically uh stop the game when i found a book in game and would literally read the book out loud uh, so the, 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 the whole thing ended with my two little girls in bed and me reading them the lusty Argonian maid. Lovely. And then, you know, just to give you a little tease, I did a little bonus after that, a little bonus, uh, uh deleted scene, let's call it, which I will not mention. Hmm. Tease for you to go over and watch some of them. Why don't you? Uh, all right. Moving on to, oh, uh, Waddle Squash is over. Oh, yeah, this is uh, 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 spoken of a uh, Krug Smash many times on this podcast just because it's uh, just good storytelling and uh, uh, just a nice piece of entertainment over there on YouTube. Uh, Krug Smash, uh, this guy who plays the game Dwarf Fortress and turns his play into stories. He, he sort of role plays his way through this game where anything just about uh, can happen. 
uh, and does happen. Uh, so he'll create a town uh, and, and sort of watch it grow and thrive and uh, uh, sort of develop stories around what's happening in this town, stories that actually happen in game, things that he sort of just role plays and adds to them, uh, adds to the flavor. And this was probably one of my favorites just because it was just sort of very chill. Now the ending, this last episode, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it didn't go out with a bang, but with a whimper, but it kind of did a little bit. And I, I think he felt it as well. Uh, from some of the things he said, uh, he did mention that he may go back and revisit and sort of see what's happened. I'm very excited to see what he comes up with next. Uh, will he just play sort of normal default Dwarf Fortress? Lately, he's been using a lot of different mods to make the game, you know, sort of uh, uh, crazy and interesting. Uh, uh, and, and that's been fun to see. So, you know, I, I recommend going over to YouTube, checking out Krug Smash, K-R-U-G-G. Uh, and if you want a really relaxing one, start with water squash. Uh, I became hooked when I watched sort of one of the original ones. Oh shit. What is it called? Yeah, I could Google it. Let me see. Krug. Krug smash dwarf fortress. They were called your first kingdom of autumn short forts. Uh, no, no, King Trap, shit, okay, I guess I'm just gonna have to go to his channel then, okay, playlists, uh, Crimson Trumpets was good, Red Vault was good, Chamber Point, Scorch Fountain, Scorch Fountain, that's, that's where I started, uh, I did go back and watch some of the other ones, but, uh, uh I, I would recommend starting with Scorch Fountain, um, very entertaining, just some amazing storytelling. Hey, I like it. Uh, moving on to Wordle. Are you playing Wordle? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just a fun thing. I've uh, been sharing uh, some of my plays with a friend, seeing how uh, each other are doing. Uh, I've played... Okay, well, here, I'll tell you what. Let me look at my stats. Got my phone right here. Uh, I haven't played a lot. Uh, I've played four times. I've won every one. Uh, I've got one, it took me five, two, it took me four, and one. One of the games, it only took me two. Um, I'm sort of thinking that a good, this is one I've done the last two days, a good starting word is house, because then you get O-U-E uh, to see if any of those vowels are used. And then my second word uh, because every time I've used house, none of the letters have come up. Uh, uh, my second word is fairy, because then you get A-I-Y. So that way, in the first two words, you get all your vowels covered, which I, I feel like that helps a lot. Once you have uh, vowels and ideally vowel locations, that's going to make things a lot easier in terms of where your consonant's going to go. If you haven't played Wordle, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So, you know. I recommend go checking it out. It's just a, a, a game you can only play once a day, which, uh, you know, I sort of enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, it's a word game where you're trying to figure out what the word of the day is. Uh, I'm not going to go into the mechanics of it. So just go over, check it out. It's pretty straightforward once you get going. Um, start with the word house. See how that does you. All right, moving on to... Uh, yeah, this is a... Uh, well, let me just read the note. Chinese food or the concept of King Arthur stuff. 
Now, that sounds insane, <laughs> which I like. Um, so which would you rather never have again? I'm talking, um, in, in, in this case, I'm talking specifically Americanized Chinese food. So I do this thing just a bit every night, maybe not a hundred percent of the time, but probably a very high percent of the time anyway, where, uh, before I go to bed, I'll sort of, uh, uh stretch, uh, in the doorway, grab the doorway and then sort of move into the room while you're holding the outside of the doorway and really stretch your arms and shoulders. It just feels good. Uh, it's a nice little stretch before bed. Uh, and I do this because, uh, and, and this has come up before, it's not uh, any, it's not any shameful secret. In fact, I think it's something that uh, has helped and does help a marriage, which is uh, separate bedrooms. <laughs> this is something that Paul F. Tompkins says as well, or is Paul F. Tompkins says it? Is it Greg Proop says it? Somebody says it. Uh, and it's something that has become more and more normalized. Uh, so I'd like to think of myself as a bit of a trendsetter that the missus and I, uh, tried f probably for a couple of weeks to share a bed. However, as I say, I snore like a chainsaw and she snores like a electric carving knife. Uh, the end result is that we can't share a bed because we both snore and wake each other up. Uh, and then I have this theory, which just always comes up when I mention this, that even if you don't snore, uh, subconsciously the uh, resentment of your significant other in the bed waking you up, even if you don't realize it's happening, there's going to be a sort of just a, a slight subconscious resentment that brews. Yeah, you, you, it's going to maybe work its way self into your dreams or uh, you're going to wake up uh, not knowing why you didn't have good sleep and then see your significant another there sleeping soundly and just, just a little tinge of resentment will, will brew and fester like uncle. Uh, so, you know, separate uh, beds, uh, separate rooms, uh, recommend. All I use my bed for is like literally sleeping. I guess I read in it um, before bed and stuff. Uh, but it is something I definitely recommend if you, if you can, if you, oh, it's, it's John Hodgman, John Hodgman, <laughs> judge John Hodgman, I should say, who, who, uh, is always very, uh, 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 voice for us about, uh, the, uh, the, the advantages of, uh, separate bedrooms anyways. So before bed every night, uh, in her bedroom, which is where we normally hang out, because there's a TV in there and I don't have one in my room because as I say, I only use it for sleep. Um, I'll try to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I almost sort of, uh, as I was, you know, writing my notes here, uh, uh, these are right before bed, Mrs. Chat things, my stand up while stretching. Yeah. It's almost like I'm doing like a tight five, uh, in the doorway while I stretch before I go to bed so that, uh, you know, you, you leave them wanting more, go out on a high note. Right. So, uh, normally sometimes I'll purposely come up with things that I want to, uh, uh say while in the doorway, funny things that I know will, you know, make her laugh. Uh, sometimes it'll be, you know, ridiculous, strange things like, we decided today, ooh, which I'm very excited about, uh, we're going to have Chinese food for dinner. Mm. And we're going to watch the Charlie Hunan King Arthur movie. I forget what, exactly what it's called. So, well, that'll probably be in the next episode, 603. Um, 
she likes uh, him <laughs> very much and uh, I love King Arthur stuff. So uh, what came up in the uh, doorway doing my type five is if you could only have one ever again, uh, what would you have? Uh, Chinese food and again, Americanized Chinese food or anything King Arthur related. And it's interesting for things like this is what I was thinking in the door. Oh yeah. Quite often at this point, uh, I have smoked uh, some pot just before going to bed <laughs> as well. So maybe that uh, sort of explains some of these thoughts. None of that. I think about it, uh, uh, for how different King Arthur stuff I've put in quotes here and Chinese food for how dissimilar they are. They're very close in terms of, I had a lot of difficulty uh, trying to decide which one I would give up if I had to. Yeah. You, so this is what I want from you listening to this. What are two very, very different things that you love equally? Yeah. Just, just as, as a thought experiment, take two things that you love that are so different and yet you're level of love is almost identical. Does that make sense? I think it does. Um, my thought with Chinese food and King Arthur stuff, this, this was the math I did last night. Uh, and, and it legit took me some thought. Like it, it wasn't, I feel like a lot of the times with these sorts of questions, it's like, Oh, obviously, but, but no, I had to, I had to think about it. And my, my, my process was the math that while Chinese food, I love, um, it's, you know, over pretty quick <laughs> and then you're hungry again. No, uh, uh, you know, you get it, you eat it uh, and then it's done. Whereas King Arthur stuff, the, just in terms of sheer time, in terms of sheer hours of, you know, entertainment, it, it has given me over the years, uh, is probably more. So I decided to go with King Arthur stuff. Just from all the books, uh, uh, I don't know, video games, just, just media I have consumed around King Arthur stuff. Again, I'm just putting that in quote, Arthurian stuff, uh, has probably taken up more of my life than my, uh, eating of, and very much enjoying Chinese food. Yeah. So th that was the math. Oh boy. So folks, this is what episodes are like now, apparently. Yeah. I hope you like them. If you are listening, which again, maybe no one is, which is fine. I'm fine. You're fine, folks. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...